Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Saving Lives in Slow Motion. Today, I'd like to talk about health inequalities. It's a really hot topic because of many reasons, but health is one of those things I believe that should be equal for everyone. It clearly isn't. It depends very much on where you're born, where you live, the economy of your country and the kind of health service, if you get access to one at all, that exists wherever you are. Now there's sort of small and large scales of this and just to kick off with an example, on a small scale, health inequality can mean that you aren't getting access to something that your neighbour is And in systems like the NHS, when it's working and functioning at its best, which at the moment I have to say it probably isn't, I don't think there's any doubting that, that shouldn't happen because health access is designed to be equal for all. And if you went back in time uh, a couple of hundred years where only the rich could afford health care, then that really is health inequality in action because people without monetary means wouldn't be able to access health. It's one of the reasons the NHS was founded. So I guess that example is based on income, income being one determinant, if you like, of health inequality. What else is there? Well, a lot of the other factors are indirectly related to income. Income's important. Housing is another factor. So Um, poor quality housing or overcrowding, those factors really affect health, as do education, transport and work. You know, employment is important. Unemployment is also associated with lower life expectancy. And the last one is environment, you know, where you live in terms of access to amenities, green spaces and levels of air pollution, for example. And you can imagine, you know, this is one of the reasons why, and we see it again and again and it breaks my heart, but sometimes you'll see on the news there's a report on air quality, for example, or on the health of children who are suffering because they are housed somewhere that, you know, where there's a lot of mould and the landlords, whoever they might be, aren't doing anything about it and the child is getting more and more sick, you know. What about on a on a bigger scale? 
I don't want to just talk about the NHS as a whole episode on that um, in this podcast series if you're interested. But, I mean, one of the things that really sticks with me, and I remember coming across this paper years ago when I was a trainee GP, and this is not just about health inequality, it's also about perception. Um, And this fact may or may not surprise you, but Bihar is one of the poorer states in India. And the levels of self-reported illness in the state of Bihar, so to to use kind of lay person's language, I guess how sick or ill you think you are on a on a personal or societal level, is lower than that in the United States of America. And that goes by the type of illness that people have. And what this relates to directly is how much people are willing to put up with symptoms or illness or disease. And not for the first time, you know, many times when I've been abroad somewhere far away from the UK, you know, whether it's Fiji or India or Thailand or Zambia, it doesn't matter. If you go to a rural community where resources are poor, it never fails to strike me how happy and resilient people seem to be um, when they have so little. And, you know, on elective, I went on elective with the wonderful Laura Waters, who's now a leading doctor in HIV medicine. But when we were medical students, we went to Fiji. And I remember vividly, there was a, a chap with the cancer of his tongue, and he'd had surgery on it. But the cancer had spread and there wasn't much more that they could do for him. And the doctor just said, look, there's nothing we can do for you. I'm really sorry. See ya. And it it hit us both hard because there was no kind of end of life care. You know, his family, I I remember asking the doctor, what's going to happen to him now? And it's like, well, he's just going to go home. And obviously, you, you know, manage the end of life however you can in the system that you have available to you and I often think about him in particular because when we have meetings at work now discussing patients who are approaching the the end of their lives with um, other team members and, and other teams like the nurses from the hospice or the community teams I realize how lucky we are here because there is provision of support, whereas there you're very much left to your own devices. Now, it, it's interesting because I think in some parts of the world we, we don't do that enough where there's almost too much of a reliance on medicine and social services, for want of a better phrase, and not enough in terms of looking after your own very difficult for people who don't have family obviously but it's a debate that needs to be had so in a way it's unsurprising that there are different expectations in terms of self-reported illness Um, and when you compare Bihar where the average life expectancy of a male is 60 uh, to the USA where it's nearer I don't know I think it's about 78 or something now but when the study was done it was sort of low 70s I believe if you work in public health or you're involved in healthcare and you want to reduce health inequalities, the list I 
rattled off earlier about income and environment and transport and education and employment are the things that need addressing. And it, it all starts at, at grassroots level. Um, again, I remember in Fiji, but also in India, when I worked in a place called Calcutta Rescue, a lot of health education in many parts of the world is carried out by people who are not medically trained, but have been given agency by nurses and doctors to talk about things like, for example, contraception. It's often women that go out, um, you know, almost like outreach work to talk to groups to promote health. And here in the UK, it's funny because we, we now have health coaches and we've almost come full circle and social prescribers as well who do a little bit of that as part of their role for sure some much more than others. So what we're really aiming for is health equity and just changing tack and direction a little bit. We've talked a little bit about different countries. We've talked about where you live and factors like that. What about things like race, gender, sexual orientation, neurodivergence, cultural factors, age? I mean, the whole point is if you're going to aim for health equity you have to make health accessible or health services accessible to all and historically there are groups that are hard to reach so teenagers is often one that, that is bandied around and I, I would agree and the reasons are actually quite complex and one of the things that that we've tried to do where I work is to make the environment as inclusive as possible in fact Recently, uh, we put some posters up in the window of the surgery, and one of the lines says, everybody welcome. Now, that's a, a given because everybody is welcome. But, you know, if you don't, f if it's not said and people don't feel it, then we're making assumptions, aren't we? So uh, I think that's really important personally. The other way is, if you're a health provider, is to try and have some sort of forum, like a patient group, that is, this is the important bit, reflective of the community that you're serving. It can't just be a self-selected bunch. And using that principle of the greatest good for the greatest number of people. Um, and, you know, sometimes you just, you have to make sure that the most vulnerable people in society are looked after. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Now, I can't do this episode without tipping my hat to Dr. Julian Tudor Hart, who wrote a paper in The Lancet over 50 years ago now. And the bottom line is, and, and, and what it's known as, is the inverse care law by Tudor Hart. It's something that's apocryphal amongst GPs and sociologists particularly. And the bottom line is that the people that need the care the most are less likely to get it. And it's it's to do with all those factors that we talked about before but I you know it, it it's astonishing isn't it because you know I myself who, who's been a patient recently um not just that from that experience but also with things that go wrong on the patient journey for my patients as well as things that I hear about in the press makes me realize that actually if you are educated and articulate it's still difficult to navigate your way around the mess that can occur sometimes. And I think, do you know what? You know, what if I was vulnerable and couldn't actually speak up for myself? Um, and I'm talking about something fairly minor where appointments got mixed up or whatever. But actually, you can see how the inverse care law works. People who are unworried and unwell, compared to the worried well, if you like, um, are really at risk. So again, it's it's a mixture of those factors, but also that perception of your own health, your self-reported illness. And if you speak to any GP who works in an, in an urban inner city area where there's more illness because of the way that cities were built, in fact, if you think of all the, the teaching hospitals in, in most cities, they tend to be in the most densely populated areas with one or two exceptions. But going back to this point about speaking to people who work in those areas, they will tell you that patients generally are often quite sick, but don't realise that they're that sick. So you could argue in, in those kinds of communities that there needs to be more work on prevention, more health education. Sounds really patronising, but that whole thing about promoting health and making sure that people are are aware of it and in this day and age it should be possible I like inspiring stories and although we always think about really futuristic things 
I was lucky enough for years to work for BBC World News covering stories that were bringing both innovation and hope in terms of health to parts of the world that would, you know, otherwise come to great harm. And there are too many to list, but they include things like um, a wind-up baby heart monitor for pregnant women, a microscope that you can use in the field to very rapidly work out whether someone's got malaria, for example. I will try and post some links to these because so often these are things that a lot of the world take for granted. Really, we do. And it's only when you're living somewhere rural, um, remote, that doesn't have the resources that you realise how essential they are when, when you get ill. Okay, so uh, that was health inequalities. I hope that's just given you some flavour of the variety uh, of health access that people have on this planet. Do have a look at the show notes as well. Always good food for thought. Okay, that's it for this week. Thank you again for listening. Do let me know if you want topics that are close to your heart covering. Some of them aren't always um, appropriate, but and some of them are, but I just haven't got round to them, so do bear with me thank you again and until next time do take care look after yourself bye for now catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.